Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It was a mother's worst nightmare. Nature's deadliest organisms. This parasite is almost impossible to kill. They hijack our bodies. I felt so freaked out that I might have something crawling around or living in my body. Disable our immune systems. His eyes were completely crossed. It was terrifying. And eat us from within. I even know the feelings that I had other than just absolute terror. For those infected, they are... The Monsters Inside Me. In the northeast of Louisiana, in the rural town of Monroe, lives Samantha Gandy. My family would tell you, I am a little bossy. They used to call me Miss Mama growing up. Samantha is a single mother to an active two-year-old named Audrey. Audrey is the quintessential girly girl. Glitter, tutus, she loves her toenails painted. She loves to go get pedicures with her mama. We can't be apart from each other. As a single parent, Samantha is grateful for the support of her mother and father, Jerry and James, who live close by. Jerry was a registered nurse for 21 years, and James runs a medical research company. My parents are the best grandparents I could ever ask for for Audrey. Audrey is a spitfire, and she is bossy just like her mother was when she was that age. Audrey's a handful, but still the love of my life. January 2016. The entire Gandhi family is on an 11-day cruise of the Caribbean. Audrey was really into having fun. She wanted to go to every beach that we saw. She wanted to go to every shopping center we could find. And one of the places, they had a monkey, and Audrey got to pet it. We were having possibly the best cruise ever. But the family's dream vacation 
is about to become a living nightmare. On the last night of the cruise, Samantha is woken by a strange noise. Audrey was asleep next to me, and I woke up to this really loud sucking noise. Samantha leans over to check on Audrey, but is met by a puzzling sight. She was slowly rocking back and forth, and her eyes were sort of half-closed. I thought maybe she was having a nightmare, so I said her name, and she wasn't waking up. It quickly dawns on Samantha that Audrey is in trouble. I saw the foamy, thick drool was coming out of her mouth. Something was really wrong with her. I was feeling so scared. In a panic, Samantha calls her mother. And moments later, Jerry arrives at the cabin. As a nurse, I do not usually overreact. But Audrey would not even look at me. She couldn't look. I was horrified because in my heart, I knew that this was something serious. And I just wanted to get to the infirmary as soon as possible. Samantha and Jerry rush Audrey to be examined. The nurse took a temperature. It was 101. The nurse just told us it was no big deal. She just had a little fever. Get back to the room, give her some fever medicine, and just put her back to bed. If Audrey had only had one symptom, I wouldn't have been quite as worried. But she had several symptoms. She was burning up with fever, and the drool was still coming out of her mouth, and she could not focus. We knew that she had played with a monkey the day before. We knew she had swallowed some ocean water. I said, there is definitely something wrong with her. I asked the nurse if she could go get the doctor, and she said, they don't need to go wake up the doctor, it's okay. I told the nurse I was going to knock on every door that I could find, and I was going to wake up that doctor. I was furious at this woman. The nurse finally agrees. And a few minutes later, the ship's doctor arrives. I told him about her drooling and rocking and her eyes rolling back. And he looked at her charts and saw her fever was a little high. But he has a possible explanation. The doctor said Audrey had febrile seizures. Febrile seizures occur in young children and are usually triggered by common illnesses, such as a cold, the flu, or an ear infection. He gave us a paper on what febrile seizures were, and upon reading it, you know, I did feel a little bit comfortable because some of the symptoms did match up. To rehydrate Audrey, the doctor puts her on a drip. And an hour later, she seems to be improving. I still had my doubts, but there was really no other choice. With Audrey appearing to have recovered, Samantha takes her back to the cabin. And the next morning, the family disembarks the ship in Puerto Rico. While Samantha searches for their luggage, Jerry waits with Audrey. I was walking around trying to find our suitcases, and all of a sudden, I hear my mom screaming. I looked over, and Audrey was projectile vomiting. It went over people's suitcases, and it was just very violent, very rough vomiting. It was a mother's worst nightmare at that moment. The family rushes Audrey to the nearest hospital. She was very, very pale. Her breathing was even more shallow than normal. A local doctor takes samples of Audrey's blood. And when the results come in, they confirm Samantha's worst fears. He told us that her 
kidney function was down and her liver took a pretty big blow. Audrey was in danger of her liver failing and her kidneys failing. Acute liver and kidney failure in children can be a sign of intoxication. And the doctor suspects that there could be something toxic in Audrey's digestive system that is causing her to deteriorate. So he decided to give her an enema to see if it could help, help her go to the bathroom. And a half hour later, Audrey has a bowel movement. When I took her diaper off, it was this thick, tarry, jet black stool and this terrible, terrible smell. And we started looking and we noticed a little red shiny particle in there. I got a tissue and actually touched it to see if it was blood, but it wasn't. It was bright red, it was very hard and very tiny. The doctor confirms Audrey has ingested a foreign body, but he's unsure if that's what's making her sick. So he takes it for further testing. And a short time later, he comes back with dire news. My mom grabbed my hand, trying to calm me down because she knew something was wrong. You could just see it all over the doctor. I thought this was it, that I was gonna lose my child. Two-year-old Audrey Gandhi is gravely ill in a hospital in Puerto Rico, and a foreign object in her stool sample could explain why. The doctor believes the presence of the red particle, coupled with Audrey's fever, vomiting, and seizures, all points to one thing. The doctor said Audrey had abrin toxin poisoning. I have been a nurse for 21 years, but I had never heard of that poison at all. Abrin is one of the deadliest organic toxins known to man. Throughout Audrey's body, the abrin poison slowly suffocates her cells, preventing them from making vital proteins. As Audrey's cells die, her body starts to shut down, triggering her fever, vomiting, and seizures. I don't even know the feelings that I had other than just absolute terror. It was very hard to hear that your child was poisoned. Abram has no known antidote. Within as little as 36 hours, just a trace amount of the toxin can shut down vital organs, including the liver, the spleen, and the kidneys. And depending on the dose, it can result in death. With no cure available, the doctor explains to Samantha what the next few hours will look like. The doctor told us he was gonna give her some medicine to take her pain away and just keep her comfortable. Oh. When the doctor tells you he's just gonna keep your daughter comfortable so she's not in any pain, you don't feel like you're gonna leave a hospital with your child. The pain that my daughter was going through, it was out of my control. As they wait for any sign of improvement in Audrey's condition, the Gandys are left to reflect on how she contracted Abram poisoning. Abram is a natural poison found in the seeds of the rosary pea plant. 
Now, the seeds are red with a black spot covering one end, and because they're brightly colored, in some cultures they're used to make jewelry. The seed's harmful toxin is encased by a hard outer shell. So ingested whole, they might give you a bit of a stomach ache. But if a seed's casing is compromised, that allows the toxin to enter your digestive system, and that has far worse consequences. Now, Samantha remembers a moment during a stopover in Jamaica. As we were walking into the souvenir shop, this woman put a necklace on Audrey. It was a brown and red necklace. It was a sweet gesture from the person. Then, just a few hours before she fell ill, Audrey was playing with the necklace in the cabin. Audrey was jumping on the bed, and she broke the necklace. She must have put the bead in her mouth and swallowed it. And because the seed Audrey swallowed had a hole drilled through it to make the necklace, the deadly toxin from within the seed seeped out of the hole and into her system. A little over 24 hours after ingesting the seed, Audrey barely clings to life. Having to wait for hours to see if she was getting worse or getting better was just horrible. We were praying that God would just put his healing hands on her and and help her through this. For the next 10 hours, the family holds vigil. Then, Samantha notices something incredible. I was rubbing her feet, and I looked down at her, and she opened her eyes. And she spoke the first beautiful words I've heard in a long time. She said, Mommy, I'm hungry. My Audrey was back. (laughs) That's probably the happiest time in my life is when we saw the, the light coming back on in Audrey. I started crying at that moment that she was gonna be okay. Today, Audrey has made a full recovery. Audrey's back to doing everything that a normal two-year-old does. The Gandys plan on more cruise vacations, but are now careful when souvenir shopping. This made me a little more cautious of what they hand my child. The rosary pea plant is native to India, but it's been introduced to other subtropical regions, including the Caribbean and parts of the Southern United States. Poisoning is rare, but if someone has ingested Abrin, the CDC recommends avoiding making them vomit because that can lead to further complications. Instead, you should check that the victim's airway is clear and then seek immediate medical attention. Some life-threatening diseases are triggered by things we eat, but other terrifying conditions start with little more than a gulp of air. My skin was burning. I just wanted somebody to do something to make the pain go away. Kylie and Vandy Kuyar live on the outskirts of Oakland, California. Kylie and I have been married now for 13 years. I think she's got an enormous heart and uh, zest for life. Vandy is very loyal and loving. I just feel so blessed to have him as my husband. Vandy works for an aircraft leasing company, while Kylie stays at home with the couple's two children, 10-year-old Ava and 7-year-old Callan. As a family, they love spending time outdoors. We like to go to the beach. We like to go hiking and go on the trail. I think as a family, what's important to us is spending time with one another, being involved in each other's lives. 
But the Kuyar's idyllic lifestyle is about to be shattered. One sunny July day, Kylie and her children are enjoying a weekend getaway at a resort in Palm Springs. The weather was beautiful. The kids were playing in the water. Vandy had to stay home because he was working. I was laying on one of the lounge chairs and I started to notice some pain in my pelvic area. Just kind of a twinge and my abdomen started to pop out a little bit. I felt like I was getting bloated. I just thought that it was maybe that time of the month and just thought that it would probably go away. However, by the next morning, the pain and swelling in Kylie's stomach have increased. I was in the hotel room and I was getting dressed and I noticed that my stomach was getting bigger and bigger. Sometimes when I have my menstrual cycle, I do get bloated, but this was way more than that. Later that day, as Kylie starts the seven-hour drive home, her condition worsens. The kids were in the back singing, listening to music, and I just was freezing. I was so cold that I turned the AC off and the kids were complaining because they were so hot. My head was starting to hurt a little bit and I just felt really out of it. Kylie struggles through the rest of the drive. And when she gets home, is relieved to see Vandy waiting for her. Right away I could tell that she was not feeling well. Vandy helps Kylie undress. But as he takes off her jacket, he sees something odd. She had a rash. Raised red bumps. I had never seen Kylie have a rash like this. I felt like maybe we should go to the urgent care and have them take a look at it. Vandy was worried, but I thought, it's just a heat rash, it'll go away in the morning. That night, Kylie rests. But when she's getting ready the next morning, she's horrified by what she finds. I noticed that I had a rash all over my body now. The spots were very big. My skin was burning. I just wanted somebody to do something to make the pain go away. I was scared. I knew something was seriously wrong with me. Over the past few days, Kylie Kuyar's abdomen has been swelling up. Now she's also developed an unexplained rash. Concerned, Kylie calls Vandy to come take a look. The rash had spread now all over her body. She was also feeling no better. She didn't have any strength. It seemed like she's actually getting worse. Kylie's body is also continuing to swell. For Vandy, it's a sure sign she needs urgent medical attention. So he takes her to the nearest emergency room. To try and discover the source of Kylie's abdominal swelling, doctors carry out a full body exam. I looked like I was about five months pregnant. In fact, one of the first things they tested me for was pregnancy, as well as other gynecological conditions. The pregnancy test is negative, so doctors turn their attention to Kylie's rash. They perform a biopsy to check for an allergic reaction, but the results reveal nothing unusual. 
I was starting to get more and more worried that it might be something really serious. Doctors admit Kylie to the hospital for further testing. Because of the unusual swelling, they schedule her for a colonoscopy. But when the procedure starts, Kylie quickly senses something is wrong. Her scope would not go far enough to be able to see anything. She wasn't able to perform the colonoscopy because I had so much inflammation in my colon. Doctors are puzzled by what's causing the swelling. So over the next two weeks, they run a barrage of tests. They did every kind of test you can think of, CAT scans, MRIs, blood tests, and they still didn't have any results at all. It was a scary experience to see Kylie completely helpless, emotionally beaten down. The fact that nobody knew what was happening to her really was starting to scare her. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. By the third week, Kylie's abdomen is so distended that doctors decide to do an ultrasound of just that area. They saw that there was quite a bit of fluid floating around in there. To find out what the fluid is, the doctors need a sample. They 
brought out a huge, long needle. It was probably about 12 inches long. I was terrified. They stuck it into my pelvic cavity. I saw that this yellow fluid was coming out. The sample is sent out for testing. And a few days later, the results come in. There was some kind of contamination in her sample. The doctor diagnosed me with valley fever. I had never heard of valley fever. I really did not know what that meant. Valley fever is an infection caused by the fungus Coccidioides imitus. Inside Kylie's body, spores of the fungus invade her lungs where they grow and multiply. As the infection spreads, it then causes fever, coughing, and other flu-like symptoms. One of the things that makes valley fever so dangerous is its ability to evade the immune system using an amazing trick. At room temperature, the valley fever spores have a long strand-like structure. But once they're in the body, the spores warm up, and then they change shape. This process is called dimorphism, and it makes it much easier for the fungus to spread. Dr. John Galgiani has studied valley fever for the past three decades and knows the risks associated with the disease. In most cases, you get over it, but a small percentage of people have complications, and one of them is it spreading through the bloodstream to other parts of your body. Doctors explained to Kylie that spores of the fungus have infected her pelvic cavity. I felt so freaked out by the fact that I might have something crawling around or living in my body. The disease has also spread to her skin, triggering a rash. But doctors have more worrying news for Kylie. The fungus has even spread to her brain, causing a condition known as valley fever meningitis. It's really the worst complication untreated. It essentially kills all people within two years. It was terrifying. I felt like Kylie could die. I just kept thinking about my children growing up without a mother. It was devastating. Kylie Kuyar has just been diagnosed with valley fever. She's now facing a battle to save her life. To stop the spread of the disease, doctors prescribe a powerful antifungal reserved for the most serious of infections. The medication caused a lot of side effects. I was tired, I felt more nauseous. She needed to be treated aggressively and the drugs don't always work. It's up to your immune system, but in the best of cases, they block the fungus from growing more. That allows healing to occur. Kylie takes the medication every day. The fungal medication started to attack the pathogen in her body. She was improving each day. She was going to uh, make it through this. And a week later, Kylie is finally sent home. I was really happy to be back with my kids and my husband. Over several months, she slowly regains her strength, but is left to reflect on how she became so sick in the first place. The coccidioides fungus is commonly found in the dry desert soils of the southwestern United States, as well as parts of Central and South America. 
If contaminated soil is disturbed, it can release fungal spores into the air, placing anyone who inhales them at risk of infection. Kylie suspects she caught valley fever during a family trip in Central California. At the time, she was traveling through the San Joaquin Valley, the area where the disease was first identified. We got stopped on the freeway because they were doing road work. It was really dusty. For about an hour and a half, we sat in one spot without the car moving at all. All you have to do is breathe, and you could get valley fever. Kylie has undergone multiple hospitalizations to treat the illness, and today, her health has dramatically improved. But to prevent the infection from returning, she'll have to take a milder form of the antifungal medication for the rest of her life. Unfortunately, the treatments don't kill the fungus, so it really is only putting it to sleep. I do know that our life will always be different because of this. I don't have the stamina that I had, but I'm so happy to be back at home with my family and living our life as normal as much as possible. It's very difficult to avoid inhaling the coccidioides fungus. But the CDC recommends that people who are at risk for severe valley fever, like people with weakened immune systems, avoid dusty areas in endemic regions. And anyone working in those environments should wear an appropriate respirator. Dangerous fungal spores lie in wait in dust and dirt. But that's not the only horror that lurks in the ground. My mind was a mess. All of these medications, and why is he not getting better? Amber and Timothy Shoemake live in the small town of Williamson, Georgia. Timmy and I, we are best friends. We rarely argue. Usually when we do, it's something minuscule, like what's for dinner. <laughs> what I love about Amber, she is a very caring person, very loving person. She will do anything for you. Timothy works as an elevator mechanic, while Amber stays home with their two children, six-year-old Leland and 22-month-old Logan. Logan is rambunctious, full of life, loves to run all the time. Leland loves to build things. He loves to play outside. He has been playing in the dirt since he was about a year old. Amber is an awesome mom. Very loving, caring. Being a mom is great. It's the best job that there could ever be. One sunny August afternoon, Amber and Leland are out in the yard while Logan naps in the house. It was a warm day, and I was watching Leland play in the dirt, and he had been building a volcano. When Leland's making the volcanoes, he will pour the water in, and once it explodes, he'll yell, explosion. But today, Leland isn't feeling like himself. He came over to me and told me his head was hurting. I assumed that maybe it was because it was hot outside, but we decided, okay, let's cool off. About a half an hour later, he was back to normal. Over the next few days, Amber is relieved to see that Leland is his usual bubbly self. 
then one night, she and Timothy are woken to Leland's cries. He said his head is hurting again, and he felt a little warm. He had a low-grade fever. Amber was worried, but I thought maybe it was a migraine, maybe allergies or sinuses or something. I'm thinking it might be a little more than allergies. I wanted to take him in to the doctor. I was thinking nothing serious, but I'm great. She should go get checked out. When Amber and Timothy take Leland to his pediatrician, the doctor orders a CT scan of Leland's head. The machine looked like a big donut. They told Leland it was time to get in a big donut. They slid him in, did the scan, and slid him back out. Two minutes later, he's done. After that, I thought we were going to find some answers. Six-year-old Leland is suffering from fever and severe headaches. So doctors have performed a CT scan to help figure out why. Later that day, Amber receives the test results. They reveal that Leland's nasal cavity is swollen. They told me that this was consistent with a hidden sinus infection. A sinus infection occurs when fungi or bacteria inflame the nasal cavity, blocking it with fluid. The condition can lead to headaches and abdominal pains. It made sense that it could have been a sinus infection. Now they can give him some medicine to help him get better. That night, Amber gives Leland the medication. But a few hours later, her son's condition appears to be worse. Leland was up and down all night, vomiting. This was more than a sinus infection. I've never seen Leland that sick. So Timothy and Amber decide to take Leland to a specialized pediatric institution in Atlanta. There, Dr. Judson Miller takes on Leland's case. We did several blood tests on Leland, the results of which were normal. Doctors then perform a spinal tap, which reveals something alarming. The results of the spinal tap showed that Leland had meningitis. Meningitis occurs when the membranes surrounding the brain become inflamed. The swelling from meningitis can trigger headaches, fever, stomach cramps, and in extreme cases, can be fatal. Most cases of meningitis are caused by a viral infection or bacteria, but the source of Leland's condition is a mystery. We did do several tests to cover all routine bacteria for meningitis, none of which showed us an answer. Until the doctors figure out what's causing the meningitis, they can't properly treat Leland. I am feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. He had seen so many doctors, and none of them had an answer. I was worried. Really, really worried. Over the next few days, they analyze samples of his spinal fluid, searching for any clues of the mysterious infection. My mind was a mess at this point. All of these medications, and why is he not getting better? Then one evening in Leland's room, there's an alarming turn of events. When he woke up, his eyes were completely crossed. 
when I saw his eyes like that, it was terrifying. This can be a serious indicator of increased pressure in your brain. Doctors rush Leland into surgery, where they insert a drain into his skull to relieve the pressure on his brain. The next day when he wakes, Amber is relieved to see her son's eyes are no longer crossed. But that comfort is short-lived. So I said, Leland, it's mommy. I'm standing at the end of your bed. Can you see me? And he shook his head no. So at this point, I completely lose it. She was hysterical. I was trying to comfort her. All I can think is, now my baby's blind. Six-year-old Leland Shoemake has undergone surgery to relieve the pressure in his brain. But now his mother is horrified to learn he is blind. With Leland in critical condition, doctors are in a race against time to discover the source of his disease. Then, later that week, the results of one of Leland's spinal taps comes back in. I was shocked to find out that Leland's brain had been infected with an amoeba called Balamuthia mandrillaris. Balamuthia mandrillaris. I had never heard of it before. Balamuthia mandrillaris is a protozoan parasite that attacks the central nervous system. Inside Leland's skull, the microscopic amoeba are feeding on his brain cells and growing. As they multiply, the parasites cause meningitis, leading to his headaches, nausea, and loss of vision. Infection from Balamuthia is extremely rare, and the survival rate is very low. At this point, I was seriously concerned about whether Leland was going to make it or not. Balamuthia is one of two free-living organisms dubbed the brain-eating amoeba. What makes Balamuthia so dangerous is that it's extraordinarily resilient. It doesn't need a host to survive, can withstand extreme temperatures and a variety of inhospitable conditions. As a result, once Balamuthia is inside the body, it's nearly impossible to kill. To try to save Leland's life, doctors put him on an experimental drug called meltefacine. That night at midnight, I told him, you're going to get better. And I said, you do not give up. Do you hear me? Do not give up. Doctors monitor Leland's condition. But after receiving the first dose of medication, his health starts to decline. The machine started beeping, and it woke me up. His blood pressure and his heart rate started going down. Timmy runs to get the nurse. She comes in. The first thing she does is go over and lift his eyelid to check his pupils. They were completely dilated. And at this point, I know what that means. And I know that Leland is gone. 
Gallimuthia have been found in soil, dust, and fresh water. Encased in a protective coat, Gallimuthia can be inhaled into the lungs or enter the body through an open wound. They work their way into the bloodstream, then travel around the body where they can infect the skin or internal organs. If Gallimuthia land in the brain, they can be deadly. But how did Leland contract this terrifying parasite? Amber believes it may have been during a family trip to a nearby man-made lake. If he wasn't in the water, then of course he was right next to it, digging in the dirt. So he could have gotten it while he was in the water or from playing next to the water. Today, Amber and Timothy have set up a foundation to help educate people about Balamuthia mandrillaris. Our primary focus is bringing awareness to parents that there are deadly things out there that you can't see. We all need to be aware of. Something like Balamuthia never crosses your mind. Something so deadly in the dirt does not cross your mind. No one should have to watch someone that they love go through what we watched Leland go through. Balamuthia mandrillaris is a deadly disease, but it's extremely rare. Since it was first discovered in 1986, only about 200 cases of infection have been reported worldwide, with about 70 of those in the United States. There's no way to guarantee avoiding infection. However, anyone with skin lesions should wear protective clothing while handling soil or when entering warm freshwater lakes. 